What's good, people, and welcome to the Everyday Hustle. The show that explores the five most important days that have changed the lives of the world's best young creators, entrepreneurs, and inventors. With new guests on the show each week, they'll be telling us their incredible stories and their everyday hustle. If you're on a journey, need some inspiration, or just want to hear from some of the best young minds around, then subscribe wherever you are listening to this. Follow us on our socials at Everyday Hustle Show on Instagram and ED Hustle Show on Twitter. This is the Everyday Hustle. Today's Everyday Hustle features a creative that supports the fact age is only a number when it comes to exceeding expectations and capturing success. She captures that through the eye of her camera lens, photographing the likes of Georgia Smith, Chase and Status, and Skepta, to name a few. Here to talk about risk-taking and hustle, she's a self-made all-round legend. It's the one and only Vicky Grout. How you Hello. doing? I'm good. How are you? Welcome to the show. Yeah, no, I'm good. Thank you. Thank you for coming down. Thank um, you. Really, really do appreciate it. Now, now, when I've read about your work, I was a bit gobsmacked, like, how much you've achieved <laughs> yeah. in such a short amount of time. Like, I know I'm young. Like, we've, we've been yeah. busy. Yeah, yeah. But that's literally, like... The show's called The Everyday Hustle, mm-hmm. but with you being on it, it should be called The Everyday Hustle, every day with no sleep and five espressos <laughs> to get the amount of work done of what you've done. Like, it's absolutely incredible. Oh, how, how have you done it? That's my one question. I don't really know if I'm honest. I think everything's happened in quite a short period of time. Mm. Um, I mean, I've, I've been shooting for maybe like seven or eight years, but in in terms of the work that you've seen you know that's probably been only in the last like three years yeah um so it's been quite a fast turnaround it's been it's been very quick it's been very fast um but i think over the last kind of year or so i've kind of realized the importance of like slowing down a little bit you know i've i've completely cut out coffee you know i don't drink coffee anymore um (laughs) you know i'm all about my bubble baths and my face masks you know because i just feel like i was just overworking myself unnecessarily Mm. you know um do you think that's paid off for you now I think so. I think so. I don't think all of it was necessary, but I think it's, it's good that I did that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, like there was a time where literally, especially in the summer, because you got longer days and you get more daylight, there'd be times where basically every day in the week I'd be doing like free shoots. Mm-mm. I'd be doing like a shoot in the morning, then like a shoot after that, then I have like a couple hours to spare, and then, and then I'd go and shoot like an event yeah. in the evening. Um, and I just got tired. Yeah. You know, yeah, I, that's I got, fair I got enough. sleepy. <laughs> that's fair enough. But look, what you've achieved has been absolutely phenomenal, and it doesn't come easy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's probably by like everyday hustling mm-hmm. literally yeah um but what does that word hustle mean to you i think what it means to me is that if you're passionate about something you know i think you need to find your passion and i think you need to go for it you mm-hmm. know for instance with in in my case you know with photography i found that my passion was music you know okay, yeah. and I kind of just try to be at every single show, try to shoot everything. You know, I think the more that you do in your craft, the more you'll, mm-hmm. you know, gain experience. And you don't have to put everything out that you do. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But with everything that you do do, you know, that's experience for yourself. So, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> I'm Vicky Grout and this is my everyday hustle. Day one for me was around the 5th of Feb, 
2010, which was um, the first music gig that I went to. I'd always been passionate about music ever since I was little. Mm. I remember when I was like four, I used to bang out like Michael Jackson, Janet Jackson, Prince. So did you come from like a creative family? Like Literally not in the slightest. Oh, like, literally okay, so not in the slightest. Complete polar opposite. So like my mum and dad, bless them, are probably like the least creative people ever, but I love them to bits. <laughs> yeah. Whereas my sister on my mum's side, mm. who I grew up with for the first four years of my life, mm-hmm. she was really into music and it was all her old like Prince CDs, her old like Janet Jackson CDs that I used to kind of steal and listen to. Um, and then Michael, I just I just came across myself. I just mm-hmm. heard Fill It on the radio and I was like, I need this in my life. Yeah. So my sister used to burn like all her CDs onto little cassette tapes and mm-hmm. I had like a little Walkman. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like... Was, was, you, was you any good at music yourself? Was you any good? Do you know what? I never properly pursued making music. You know, throughout primary school, secondary school, wherever I like mm. played piano, I, played, I, I dabbled in different instruments. Yeah. I did a bit of like, acoustic guitar. Singing in the shower. I mean, still to this day, but <laughs> um, I don't know. I think the fact that I've got ADHD means mm-hmm. that I get bored of things quite easily. Yeah. And I think that because perhaps if I struggled like a little bit with something or mm-hmm. I wasn't as good at something as I'd hoped, mm-hmm. you know, I would just lose interest. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of dabbled with different things, but never really pursued making it. I even, I even got Logic once, like the cheaper version that you could yeah. get on the app store. Um, even tried producing one time and I said you know this is not for me <laughs> um, <laughs> enough, you're testing the waters I mean like growing up with ADHD it must like some people obviously find it a, a really big struggle mm. um, but would you say that that kind of helped you test the waters a bit in, in terms of experiencing different things because you said like obviously you, you move from mm. pillar to post in terms of trying out different things would you say that helped definitely I think a lot of people with ADHD or other kind of you know it's not it's not a mental condition I don't even know what you would call it yeah, do you know yeah, what I mean yeah. mental disability yeah. essentially that is what it is yeah. but um, yeah and people with other mental disabilities similar to that mm. are more likely to be more creative as opposed to academic yeah. you know and even though academically I was okay in school not not amazing but I was okay I, I like I always lent more towards more creative subjects you yeah. know and I think that's obviously what then led me to being more creative now mm-hmm. you know like during school I'd always do art or textiles or art and design and then it, and then I kind of led to going into graphic design which I'm going to talk about yeah, later of course, of course but not right now yeah we'll get into it <laughs> um, but yeah back to the gig obviously I'd always been passionate about music um, but that was the first time so who was it that you went to go see? I went to go see Jamie T alright at Brixton Academy awesome um, so I was 13 at the time but you had to be 14 to get in um, but obviously I lied and they believed me <laughs> but um, <laughs> but but yeah, that was my first gig. And then I think that kind of just spawned like a, a passion for, for live music, you mm-hmm. know. And from then onwards, I'd always go to... I'd was it, try was it all to, music or was it just on like so it's a Jamie T style? I mean, it was all kinds of yeah. music, really. But obviously at the time, being, you know, underage, you could mm-hmm. only go to like gigs as opposed to nights so or raves, go, do you know yeah, what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I just... With every kind of like free free weekend or free evening that I'd, that I had, I'd always mm. try and go to a, a different live show. And um, I actually ended up finding like my parents' old holiday camera. Okay. Um, which was literally just like a little film, little point and shoot camera, little Olympus. Because that's interesting because that, you actually use film, don't you? Like regular. Like well, that's that, kind of what started it, yeah. you know. Because um, I'd always liked visuals. I always liked the look of photographs, but I just didn't have a camera, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and then I found this this old film camera, and it already ha- like it still had a roll in there that had been like half used. But I just um, I used up the rest of it, and I got it developed. And those photos were literally me from like when I was like nine on holiday in like Mallorca, <laughs> just like in a pool. 
But um, but yeah, and then from then onwards, I would just carry that little camera with me everywhere, whether it's like candidates or friends yeah, or yeah, like yeah. I'd try and take it to every gig that I went to. You know, mm-hmm. I'd always try and have something to look back on afterwards, you know. So that was like your, your passion developing as yeah. you went to those events. Yeah, and that's kind of how it started. I guess yeah. my main passion initially was music and then photography allowed me to kind of yeah. keep something from that night. Yeah, of course. You know? Yeah, so what was it about, you know, some some people say experience is like the biggest tool when it comes to success, like like experiencing things and going through it. But what was it about photography that just kept you going? Like It was definitely the subject matter. I think mm-hmm. the fact that I was, you know, being able to shoot, shoot artists and artists that, you know, I'm passionate about and that I listen to, you know, yeah. that still to this day, it doesn't feel like a chore to me. Yeah. You know, the fact that I'm still able to, to shoot artists that I rate mm. um, and, you know, subjects that I have a connection to, mm. You know, it keeps it exciting for me. It's like people say, like, love the work you do and you'll never have to work another day in your life. Exactly. (laughs) It's good to see. I can see that passion come across. Um, But so now, like, your involvement in the grime scene is quite, quite huge. Mm -hmm. Um, What was it about grime that hooked you? For me, it was quite a gradual thing. Obviously, when grime first kind of came about, obviously, I was a baby. I was in, like, year two or three. Mm -hmm. Um, So obviously, I came, I kind of came into it around about the time that it kind of had its resurgence, you Mm -hmm. know. Um... And again, it was kind of just, I think I started raving when I was about 17, just yeah. going to different club nights then going to different label nights like mm-hmm. Swamp 81, Hyperdub. That then led to more Butters nights. And then yeah. from that, that then kind of introduced me to the live aspect of grime, you That's know, right, so actually seeing, seeing DJs, you know, do grime mixes and seeing that MCs perform live and just that energy, especially in the rave, whether it's at Fabric yeah. or at birthdays or wherever, you know, that just really drew me to it. And you got to network. Right. Unintentionally, do yeah. you know what I mean? Because obviously, I took a little bit of a break from photography. Um, I chilled a little bit, and then summer of 2014 um, was when I was literally just going to like every rave, every show, mm-hmm. um, but without my camera. Literally, yeah. literally, just as a raver, yeah. and you know, as a fan, and especially when it's a small and intimate venue, you know, mm-hmm. you've got easier access to that artist. So, say if you're, you know, on an at Fabric or something, and you've just seen DWE you know spray on the stage and then you go to smoking area and he's there obviously you're gonna be like oh my god that's crazy yeah so So i kind of just i guess just through fangirling just kind of just got to got to meet and got to speak to a lot of the artists in the scene and i think because they could tell that you know i was a fan of what they did you know it seemed genuine so that then when i did bring my camera back they felt a bit more comfortable with me Yeah, Yeah. yeah My day two is June 2015, the day that I decided not to go to uni. And what was the reason for that? Um, so basically, I never actually studied photography. Right. Um, it was always just a passion on the It was like always just a passion. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it actually wasn't an option for me to study mm-hmm. at school or at college. You know, I couldn't do it as... Um, I couldn't do it for GCSE. I couldn't do it for A-level because like, like the course just wasn't available. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So... Naturally, I kind of did it on my own on the sides, but I never actually got a chance to study it. Um, so then in college, I ended up doing graphic design because, you know, it was visual, mm-hmm. um, it was creative, and I felt like that could be something that I could do alongside the photography. But I also felt as though it would be a more, um, you know, solid career path for me. You know, mm-hmm. I never thought that photography could be um, an actual career for me, you know, because literally all the money that I'd make from, like, working part-time would go on film. Yeah. Um, obviously, I was just shooting for fun at the time, so I just thought, okay, let me do graphics because it seemed like a more yeah. stable choice, you of know? Of course, of course. I think at like school and college and places like that, we, we get put under so much pressure to go through a system and then at the end of it, yeah, cool, just the, the mm-hmm. natural gateway is to go into university. Mm-hmm. Um, but in your case, obviously, you hadn't studied photography. Mm-hmm. What did you do to keep your passion alive? 
as I said earlier, literally just going to raves. Mm-hmm. That was kind of what got me back into it because it was like, from from when I started taking photos just as a hobby, I kind of, I took a little break from it around the start of college. Mm-hmm. Just because that was around the time when I started doing graphic design. And I was like, yeah. you know, I'm spending too much money on film and getting it processed and whatever. Yeah, so I thought that was my passion, really. Mm-hmm. And then I ended up doing a foundation year at CSM in graphic design. That's, that's, that's like very prestigious. <laughs> that's, that's hard to get into. I'm not, people that are listening in, like, CSM is, is huge. That's yeah, one I wanted of the big to dogs. test myself, but it was weird, though, because obviously, like, I applied to, like, a few different unis. Mm-hmm. And, like, I didn't get into Kingston, which was literally, like, next to where I lived. Mm. Didn't get into Kingston, but then I got into CSM. I was like, ah yeah okay but yeah so I went to CSM for a year um, which was you know interesting it was an That's experience crazy. yeah and I did my foundation in graphic design I passed it and then I was gonna do a BA in graphics so did you actually want to go to uni yeah yeah, yeah. I, I, like I was fully you know on on the right track to go to uni you know mm-hmm. I did my foundation I passed it I got a place in a BA in graphics at UAL Chelsea yeah um, and it was that summer because it was halfway through my foundation that I kind of started picking up my camera again because yeah. it was the summer before my foundation that I started properly raving and properly getting into the mm-hmm. scene so then when I brought my camera with me I started shooting the scene yeah that was like during that course and then I kind of start getting commissioned to do press shots with different DJs and different artists so that's it do you think that that was like the turning point because obviously you're, you're pursuing you're heading in this way to go off to university but then mm. you've actually just started earning a bit of money from your work was that kind of like the turning point in your head to say right actually I could I could do this I mean basically yeah because obviously I was asking my tutor if I can have like a day off to go and do a photography job you mm. know and then they wouldn't be happy but it's like but this is what I'd be doing when I leave uni anyway yeah. so I don't understand you know yeah. but yeah and then I kind of realised that you know I enjoyed photography more mm-hmm. I realised that I was better at photography than I was at graphic design yeah so it was a bit of a no-brainer really and was it where your heart was it was definitely where my heart was you know graphics you know for me I enjoyed it I could mm-hmm. make things that looked nice but I wasn't passionate about it do you yeah. know what I mean whereas like photography I'm actually shooting something that I'm passionate about and that mm-hmm. means something to me you know and what was it like when you when you made that decision like what was it like at home with your family and friends and stuff because like, I tell you what when, when I ever like first got into presenting mm. and I got my first ever job uh, at the age of 16 I was like mum I've made it Hollywood don't worry yeah, we're coming yeah, yeah. Quickly. don't need to worry <laughs> about working tomorrow like I, I, honestly I was so gassed but yeah. h- how was that decision at home like what was the effect mm, so like my mum and dad both kind of took it a bit differently mm-hmm. um, so my dad didn't go to uni didn't go to college I don't even think he got his GCSEs I think he left school at like 15 yeah he, he, um, he grew up in South Shields you know left school at 15 started working straight away and literally just built his way up yeah. you know and for him it's definitely you know sort of who you know instead of what you know situation yeah. um, and he always kind of encouraged me to to go kind of you know, alternative routes. Like he, ne- like he never sort of pushed me to go to uni. Yeah. He always wanted me to either do like an apprenticeship or do something else. Something that, a bit you know, hands on. Yeah. Because yeah. um, he just thought that it would be a lot more beneficial to me. Whereas my mum, she didn't go uni to begin with, but then she went a lot later in life. So she went in her forties. Mm-hmm. She did a nursing degree, and that's Great when she story. found you know what yeah. she wanted to do, and she and she's still nursing now. And you know, and she's saying that's the best thing she'd ever done. You know, she met her best friends for life there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and she, and she was the one that was really trying to push me to go because obviously because she'd left it that long. Yeah. Um, 
But you know, if I was to go, I live in London. I wasn't going to go to uni out of London. I've got my friends here. I'm yeah. not trying to, you know, spend nine grand a year to, to make some friends. new friends. Yeah, yeah, it's not going to You know, happen. so I was just like, I just don't think it's for me. So I think like people, like sometimes they come across the battle of like, are they actually going for the experience or are they going mm, for, mm. you know, the actual, because they, well, they don't and know what to do. And then they get their degree and then, and then they just don't know what to do with it. Yeah, do you know what I mean? looking for the work experience. Yeah. So that's why I think experience is a big mm. thing uh, coming into the situation. But you said, obviously you didn't go off to university that's a leap of faith there that is like mm-hmm. a huge leap of faith into into the profession that you want to go into mm-hmm. but what sort of things were you doing to make that a worthwhile risk like what sort was, was you constantly going out with your camera on any opportunity you got or was it you know what sort of things were you doing you know as i said like i'm super passionate about music so i was mm. making sure that i was at you know every rave every show I was networking, you know, I made little business cards, I would hand them out to people, you know, do you need press shots, do you need to shoot your brand, you know. Um, and, you know, in the beginning, it was, you know, press shots for slightly smaller artists, yeah. or, you know, I'd shoot lookbooks for little, like, Instagram brands, or, yeah. you know, friends up and coming brands, or whatever. And then it just kind of snowballed, and it kind of led on to bigger, bigger things. Yeah. Um, and, and did your work talk for itself? Because you, you mentioned there, obviously, you were going to people and saying, like, oh, I'll shoot for lit Instagram brands and this and the other. Mm-hmm. But... Did you, was there a lot of plugging like with your creations? Did you always have to push it forward or, or did it kind of just people start latching on? A bit of both, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the fact that I was already kind of like a bit of a bait face in the scene, you know, as as a raver yeah. and just, just as a fan, mm-hmm. you know, I think a lot of people had already kind of known of me so then yeah. once they were like oh shit like I know you you're a photographer I don't know if I can swear yeah you know people were like oh like I didn't know you're a photographer as well and I'm yeah. like I'm not really I just take photos but yeah. you know um, and then it kind of gradually went from there but I think from quite early on I think the fact that I was shooting grime you know I didn't intentionally set out to document it no. per se do you know what I mean it was just the fact that those are the raves I was going to yeah. you know I had a love for the music and a love for the culture and the fact that, you know, Grime was having its resurgence at that time as well, we mm-hmm. both kind of grew at the same time. So yeah. the fact that people were paying attention to Grime, then by proxy, they would see my work. Yeah. You know? Do you think that your success has come from your, your passion and love behind the work that you do? Like, so say, for example, like, because my brother always said to me um, in choosing my options in year 10, he was like, Ty, like, don't, you know, because I wanted to go do sports therapy and stuff like this mm-hmm. he was like but I was like I don't enjoy science I don't do this that and the other he was like Ty just choose the things that you're passionate about because mm-hmm. that's what you're going to get the better grades in because mm-hmm. you love doing that yeah. do you think that because you love it so much is as determining your success today I definitely think so and I think also the fact that I've got ADHD means that if I'm not passionate about something I will not do it yeah like in school if I didn't like something I didn't do it <laughs> like if something's boring to me or it feels like a chore mm. I find it very very difficult to do so as I said before like the fact that I enjoy what I do means that I've been able to do it for so long. Yeah. You know, it hasn't become stagnant because I'm still passionate about it. I keep saying so long, but we're only 22, man. This is mad, isn't it? It's absolutely mad. I don't know what day five where you're going to be. I know, you know what I mean? I've had just a cup of tea and rich tea biscuits. I'm done. I'm staking up my Saturday nights out. That's it. Fully. My day three is around 2016 when it was a sort of gradual thing, but I kind of slowly came to to terms with, you know, my position in the industry mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and my position as a white person, specifically a white woman in a black space, you know? Yeah. Um, 
obviously some might question that yeah because mm-hmm. I, I think like obviously you, you know I think we're all again this, this can go into deeper issues that we could talk about all day I think that obviously we're all equal mm-hmm. um, and if you're a fan of something you love then you, you have every single right mm-hmm. to do that um, but how hard was it in that industry mm-hmm. going against stereotypes but this is the thing like you just need to make sure that you're not being exploitative mm-hmm. and that you're actually doing something justice you know what I mean mm-hmm. so if, if you're passionate about something you need to make sure that you're you know approaching it's genuine in a genuine way and, mm-hmm. and, and in a, uh, an authentic way, you know, mm-hmm. and that was something that, you know, it was quite gradual for me. Yeah. Um, and it was hard to come to terms with, you yeah. know, because obviously I came to realisation that, you know, some people might perceive it as, you know, voyeuristic yeah. or... Did you get any of that? Did you get any of a that? A little bit, a little bit, but I think it's down to me to kind of prove that it's not that and to educate myself, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And to be aware of certain situations, you know, and certain environments that you're in you mm-hmm. know and for example um i came to realize that a lot of the brands that might have been approaching me to shoot i don't know some some grime artists for their you know lookbook or whatever yeah. i realized that in a sense i'd kind of become like a palatable way of selling grime right Do you know what i mean like the safe the safe way of selling grime yeah, yeah, yeah. you know um which isn't nice and it's not nice to come to terms with but no you need to be aware of that, mm-hmm. you know? And especially there'd be times when, for instance, I'd be approached to shoot something that isn't really my place to shoot, mm-hmm. you know? Like I got um, I got asked to shoot an editorial for a magazine one time and the theme of the editorial was, you know, around the Black Panther Party. Right. And I was like, okay, it's sick that you're doing this, but maybe get a black photographer to shoot this, yeah. you know? Um, and they completely understood that. And it was a gradual thing, you know, where I kind of came to realise that, not everything is for me to shoot not everything yeah. is for me to speak on and I feel like there is a a pattern of you know white people telling black stories mm-hmm. and I didn't want to add to that and yeah. I realised that that was in a way what I'd been doing yeah. you know but that had purely come from a passion yeah and, and how did you work out like what your limitations were like how did what do you, you mean by limitations how, how did you work out like so that's that's wrong and that's right is it mm-hmm. mainly for experience and what you and what for experience learning? you know talking to people you know perhaps if I'd if I'd done something and then mm-hmm. somebody would be like oh maybe that wasn't for you to do mm-hmm. or that was a bit mm, you know um I think you know personal growth is a is a is an ongoing journey you mm-hmm. know and especially as a white person yeah you know we've got a lot of learning to do a lot of unlearning to do mm-hmm. you know and I think over the past couple of years you know I've learn a lot about myself mm-hmm. and again and, and and my position you know and I think it's important again as you said through experience it's important to know what's for you to do or say and what yeah. isn't so it's almost like a, a journey of self-discovery in a sense mm-hmm. of what's mm-hmm. happened yeah. um, how important is it would you say for you to know yourself before you go into any industry or any type of profession it is, it is very important obviously I was like 17, 18 when it's I first started because, shooting yeah, exactly. you know I mean? it's young right so obviously I'd come in from it from a very young age you know and I was a little, a little bit naive a little bit ignorant but I was just like yeah I love shooting this you know not really knowing how it might look to other people mm-hmm. you know what I mean um, anyone that knows me knows that it's not that but I think you just need to be, you know, on point with everything that yeah. you do, and, well, have mean, a, and have a deeper understanding. Yeah, but it's like they say on, um, like the airplane announcements at the start of the flight. They say to you, like, secure your own mask before securing others. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. kind of similar to what you do with your work. You need to make sure you know you can check yourself before you then go out and mm-hmm. put yourself out there yeah. w- with everybody else. That's mm-hmm. really good. One. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. My day four is April 2017 when I became photo editor of Pushmag. That's big. That's big. Let me tell you, all my days, my brother will be jealous of me sitting here right now. Um, okay, so what was that like? That's big news coming through. Like, I, I, I would be a pinch yourself moment, right? Yeah, no, it was it was sick because obviously my friend, my friend Grant, that actually started it. Mm-hmm. Um, Grant is the hip hop editor for Clash Mag. Um, he's a sick music journalist. Um, and me and him had kind of worked on various things before whether it's you know mm. worked for different magazines before but we'd always like cross paths and we'd always like rated each other and how we worked um, and he basically wanted to start this this magazine and he told me about it when he wanted to start it and he mm-hmm. was just like I want to get you on board from the beginning yeah. you know I want you to be in charge of the visuals yeah you know, I want you to, you know, be commissioning photographers, you know, help me decide who gets featured in the magazine, amazing, whatever. Yeah. And yeah, that's just been a sick experience. Like, we're currently working on issue five, which is going to be out mm. ASAP. Mm. Um, but that's been a lot of fun just because it's been a whole new experience for me. So that's at the age of like 21, 22, commissioning other photographers. <laughs> so that does that not like speak wonders in terms of like a milestone in your work where you can look back and say, right, yeah, I've made it. <laughs> I mean, in a way, yeah. I mean, as I said, it's been a completely different experience for me because I've actually been on the other side of it now. You know, before I would be the one, you know, sending sending commissioners work or whatever, whereas now I'm picking, you know, who shoots what and who's best to shoot what artists. It's almost like a helping hand, right? Yeah, and like, just getting to choose what what images make the cut, how they sit in the magazine, the layout and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just been really nice to be on the other side of it. It's very refreshing. And it also means that I'm able to kind of create a platform for other up-and-coming photographers. Yeah. Um, Because I know so many photographers that are so sick. I feel like everyone... Everyone seems to think that there's a lot of competition. It's collaboration, like, listen, competition listen, every day. Listen, listen, there's man. no competition. Like, yeah. there's other photographers, like, my friend Ashley and Courtney, they always say to me, like, oh, someone's like, oh, do you get on with Vicky Kraut? They're like, that's my boy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> literally, like, there's literally no no competition. Yeah. Like, we always try and, you know, bring each other through. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's one yeah. of the beauties behind this podcast in particular, because it's, it's like a, a breath of fresh air for some of the listeners, whether it's advice, insights, mm-hmm. inspiration, motivation, um, looking into different industries. If, if you had to say something to younger Vic, what would you say in terms of going into the areas that you've done and the successful journey that you've come on? Oh, I don't know, you know. I thought a younger Vic was a bit annoying. Well, I, my, my, well younger Ty was bare anxious. I used to overthink everything yeah. and think it to, to the next level extent. I think I was the opposite. I think I was, you know, super ADHD, super excited all the time, mm. not thinking about things enough, mm-hmm. you know, not being careful enough, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and I think sometimes you just got to take time. Take time, <laughs> take time. <laughs> yeah. So day five on the Everyday Hustle is a look into your future, five years into the future um, of where you can see yourself going. Um, and from the age of 22, like you, there's no rate of stopping right now like yeah. at all. Um, <laughs> so if you had to see yourself anywhere, where would it be? I think in five years time, 
obviously I definitely want to be known for you know still doing my creative work my photography mm-hmm. work but I don't want to be pigeonholed into into doing one thing mm-hmm. you know because obviously at the minute I'm doing photo editing I'm doing you know still doing my, my photography as well but hopefully by that time I would have you know built up more skills to kind of you know work across different sectors mm-hmm. but also more importantly I want to at some point be able to open up a, uh, a creative space whether it's me opening it myself or you know partnering up with somebody else mm-hmm. creating a, a creative space for you know young people so they can come and do workshops to different classes mm-hmm. where they might not have access to normally that's awesome that's so so good and when would be like the day that you would say yeah cool Vic you made it I don't know. It's difficult because I, I guarantee you, you would say, right, yeah, if I'm ever working for a huge magazine, that'll yeah. probably be the day, like, or when my work's up on, on billboards and whatnot. But no, I don't want to start my own mag. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> there we go. I don't know. I'm not sure if there's, like, a specific point where I'm like, yeah, I'm mm. done. I feel like I'll never be done. Mm-hmm. I feel like there'll always be something more that I want to do or that I feel like I can achieve more. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Is there any legends in the game that you really want to shoot? Legends in the game. Do you know what? In terms of the grime scene, I still have not shot Dizzy or Wiley, which I think is what? appalling. <laughs> Don't guys there. She's oh, that's appalling. it. We're reaching out right now. That's <laughs> it. We need to plug them in. Um, but also, I'm a huge Charts Rapper fan. Yeah. Like, a huge Charts Rapper fan. Met him a couple of times. I got like a, a a little backstage snap of him looking a little bit waved. So it was a, it was a fangirl but moment. But it was, yeah. It's always a fangirl moment. Um, but I would love to just be able to shoot, you know, a proper proper shoot with him. Also, Georgia Smith. I've never actually, oh, yeah, I've, I've yeah. shot her so many times, but I've never yeah. done a shoot with her. Yeah. You know, so I need to make that happen. Yeah, wicked. Well, most of the people that are listening into this podcast will be sitting there looking to you as the professional for advice and motivation. If you had to say three things for people listening to this show, they might be like traveling into different industries um, or, or different journeys to yours per se, but what would you say to them? Three simple tips rounded off in a few sentences. I think number one, it's super important to know what your passion is. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, obviously you can try out different things, but you know, don't fully pursue something if your heart's not 100% in it because people will see that. People mm-hmm. can tell if you're not passionate about something or you're doing it for the wrong reasons or whatever, you know. So obviously try different things, but then pick what, you know, makes you happiest mm-hmm. and you know, what, um, you know, you feel more, um, what you feel most connected to. And then just go for that because yeah. um, that is super, super important. Um, and again, that passion will then drive you forward to, to actually carry on doing it for however long, you yeah, know, knock on effect, you need to yeah. make sure that you that you won't get bored of something mm-hmm. easily. Um, so that's number one. Number two is once you find that thing, literally just pursue it and literally just do as much as you can around it as possible you know you don't have to put everything that you do out there mm-hmm. but as long as you have it you know you're gaining experience obviously I'm self-taught you know so I had to do everything you know on the job or just literally through trial and error mm-hmm. Does you know, any, just a quick question on that does anybody ever come to you and say oh yeah what degree do you have in this or any like what qualifications in terms of jobs no. no but that's the beauty of working in, in this industry in you know industry, yeah. I mean maybe if I wanted to go and you know join a graphic design firm yeah. or you know work you know full time at a company or something then maybe with the fact that I'm freelance mm-hmm. um, and the fact that you know I have a body of work to show as my portfolio mm-hmm. then that speaks for itself you know so if you want to be a photographer I feel like doing a photography degree or another creative degree will be super beneficial to you mm-hmm. but it's unlikely that you're actually going to be asked to you know show that yeah, you know what I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah there's that and then number three just be a nice person yeah honestly like in this industry it's super 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 important to be you know a people person luckily I'm that anyway <laughs> yeah. you know I think the ADHD helps with that <laughs> you know and use it to your strengths not everyone is a people person no. and that's and that's fine but you do need to you know be polite you know speak to people the right way otherwise you could be the sickest at what you do but 
If your impression oh, on them is rubbish, then if you're, but if you're not a nice person, yeah. then people are not going to come back to you and they're not going to want to work with you. Yeah, exactly. Do you know what I mean? So just, yeah, treat treat others as you would wish to be treated. Oh, there you go. Wise word. Vic, it's been an absolute <laughs> pleasure having you down. Thank, Thank you, so, you much. so much for coming on the show. <laughs> I've been Tyler West. Don't forget to let us know what you think and talk to us about your everyday hustles over on our social medias. You can find us at Everyday Hustle Show on Instagram and ED Hustle Show on Twitter. Please leave us a review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this show. This has been the Everyday Hustle, a Studio 71 production. Thanks for listening. Until next time, goodbye. 